0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon if you're on the
1: East Coast, and good morning if you're on the West Coast. Patricia Raskin. You know, the show's been on the air with me. I think I'm going into my ninth year, so it's very exciting. And voiceamerica.com is America's Voice. They have some fabulous shows on Voice America, so check them out. Uh, my guest today is Terry Hope Romero, and we're talking about vegetarian eating, but even more than vegetarian. We're talking about vegan eating. Terry is the author, and, and she's co-author, but she's the author of the book, Vegan Eats World, which is her brand new cookbook, but she's a prolific author. She is also author of best-selling vegan cookbooks, Veganomicon, The Ultimate Vegan Cookbook, Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World, Vegan Cookies Invade Your Cookie Jar, and Viva Vegan, Authentic Vegan Latino or Latina American Recipes. And so she's very well known. Um, she has done cooking demonstrations and talks to food festivals and conferences all over the world, from Paris to New York to Boston, Toronto, and many more. Terry also contributes to Veg News, which is a leading vegan lifestyle magazine, and she has an Urban Hot to Eat column. Welcome, Terry. Hi, Patricia. Wow, boy, you've really—this is really your passion. I mean, it—it—it's it, everywhere. But it's everything that I see and I read and I look at your picture speaks to tremendous passion around this subject. Now, I know you have a certificate in plant-based nutrition from Cornell, but and 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 so you have the education and you have the experience. Why are you personally so passionate about vegan eating?
0: Well, I've been vegetarian since 16, and but even Ow. and then later on, um, later on, like in my 20s, uh, I went vegan because I moved to New York City and was just surrounded by um, vegans and vegan restaurants and vegan culture. But even before all of that happened, I always loved to cook, and when I changed my diet at 16, I didn't stop cooking. In fact, I, I saw it as a new challenge and an opportunity to make interesting, creative, um, really innovative food.
1: Mm. Do you, I can't wait to ask you this question, have you seen a difference in your health compared to your friends and colleagues' health who have not eaten vegetarian or vegan? Well, I've been doing this
0: for a while, (laughs) so it's, it's kind of hard to track exactly for me. But in general, yes, I do see that people that are vegetarian, they tend to uh, be a little slimmer, they tend to have a little more energy, um, they tend to be much more adventurous with food <laughs> and eating in general. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it definitely is out there and there's plenty, plenty of research now about how... Uh, a vegan and vegetarian lifestyle can really have a really great impact on a lot of uh, a lot of health issues, including diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease and, and a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As
1: well as now, there's so much with allergies. Gluten allergies is one of them.
0: Sure. I mean, you don't you can definitely eat gluten if you're vegan, but um, but there definitely are vegans out there that do eat gluten free.
1: hmm Now let's talk about the new year. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions, but what are some of the changes that you think people can do? What do you have for us in the new year that might be a little
0: different? Oh, um, so changes. Um, so I guess one thing that people might want to do, uh, and I keep talking about this, that it's so important, is just to cook more. And it's such a simple, it sounds so simple, and it really does make a big difference in your health. I mean, again, there's a lot of research that even including as much as five home-cooked meals a day will make a big impact on you eating probably less fat, less salt, fewer calories, more vegetables, more grains, and even have um, a really great impact on your wallet as well. You'll be even saving some money. So even just learning to cook or just trying to make a couple more home-cooked meals a week can make a huge difference.
1: Yeah. All right, and and you have some recipes. I'm looking at your blog here that you adapted from your Vegan Eats world, and it's a Mediterranean-inspired soup, and then you have a delightful chickpea parm topping. Talk about some of the things that people can experiment with. Now, I mean, certainly I'm on the East Coast where it's cold. I mean, you're you're on the West Coast, I think, correct? No, I'm in New York City. Oh, okay, so you're right here, We're in the same time zone. So, you know, yeah. this is a time when a lot of us are going
0: to want the hearty soups. Absolutely. I'm a huge soup fan, and one of the things I really love about soups, especially now, this time of year, is that soups are so flexible and adaptable and easy to make healthy. You can use uh, very little oil. You can even leave it all out if that's what you do. Uh, you can put lots of grains and lots of beans and lots and lots of vegetables, so it's easy to make a one-pot, healthy, delicious meal that will last for days. So absolutely, learn to make soups, and especially when it's cold, like it is now. Soups are, soups are really wonderful. And what about for people who are
1: working and busy? Can they use the crock pot? Terry, can they just put all the ingredients in and then let it
0: simmer overnight? Absolutely. I mean, with certain vegetables, like if you wanted to put bok choy in a soup, I would throw that in maybe 30 minutes, half an hour, depending on how you use your crock pot and what setting. Uh, but if you're doing like a hearty bean soup or like a long simmering like bean chili, absolutely use a crock pot. Yeah, and then it's easy.
1: You just throw the thing, throw them in. What are some other things that you would suggest to people? I mean, your book is beautiful. It's, it's very large. It has, what's interesting about this book is that it has vegan recipes from different countries all over the world. So, what, what are some of, um, what would you say are some of your most popular or some of your favorites from different, give us a country and tell us something that you've adapted?
0: Uh, Sure. Um, Well, I loved, since we're talking about soups, I loved making like Southeast Asian soups like pho and laksa, which are spicy and have lots of like sweet spices like cinnamon and anise in there. And making a big homemade broth like that, you can get really creative and put different, you can put noodles in there. You can put seitan, which is a homemade, you can even make seitan at home, which is a, a meat substitute made from wheat. Um, so making Asian soups is one of my favorite things to do. pierogies I really got into making dumplings in this book. So if you're a fan of empanadas or Jamaican-style uh, turnovers, patties, or pierogies or Asian dumplings, I mean, I have a lot of recipes in this book for that. Um, one of my favorite alternatives to, let's say, a spring roll is a Filipino-style spring roll called zumpia. And it has cilantro and another, a lot of other good things in it. And uh, that's one of my favorite recipes in the book right now. Interesting. It's so funny. That's the one spice that I do
1: not like at all, is cilantro. Oh no. <laughs> and I've, I've heard, I've heard someone told me, a chef told me that people either love cilantro or they hate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a controversy about. You might have the gene that uh, doesn't allow you to 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 tolerate the taste of cilantro. Interesting. I didn't even know there was a gene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Some crazy stuff out there. Yeah, well, now, before we go on to different recipes, I want to mention some of your other books, because I think they're they're really amazing. Vegan Pie in the Sky, where you talk about pies and desserts. Then you have one that is a Latin, purely 200 authentic and fabulous recipes for Latin food lovers, called Viva Vegan. Then you have one called Veganomicon, which is the ultimate vegan cookbook. How is Veganomicon different from Vegan Eats World? Is is Vegan well, Eats World more
0: global? Yes. Well Vegan Eats World is a big is the global cookbook where I I am inspired by different cuisines around the world. But Vegan Amicon was a book I did with Isa Chandra Moskowitz, and we did that way back in the day in two thousand and well we started in two thousand and six. I think it came out in two thousand and seven. And there really uh were not a lot of vegan cookbooks out then. And it might have even been the first hardcover vegan cookbook. And that's a fantastic introduction for anyone that cook is that cookbook has uh... has a huge circulation and it's a lot of people told me it was their introduction to vegan cooking and that's a that's a full-service cookbook from appetizers to brunch desserts to entrees, soups you name it it's all in there
1: veganomicon what a great Mm -hmm. name now you also have another one called vegan cupcakes so you have vegan pie and vegan cupcakes now terry my question is what makes um... the desserts the cupcakes and the pies, what makes them vegan versus non-vegan? Where, when would they become non-vegan? If they had dairy or if they had animal oil? I mean, what's the difference?
0: Well, all the dessert books, and the cupcake book is also a very early book that sort of was a trendsetter in that most people had never even thought, hey, I can have a vegan cupcake. It's true. What makes desserts vegan or what you need to do when you're making a vegan dessert is you need to bake without eggs and butter and milk honey, any animal product at all. So wow. all of those books, and we have a cookie book, too. None of those books uh, have any eggs or dairy. I mean, they're fantastic for people that have lactose intolerance. Um, they're very yep. very popular. for people that can't so, consume milk. So
1: what are some of the ingredients, Terry, in those desserts? Give a, what would some of the ingredients be?
0: What would you use? Well, it really depends on what we're going for, uh, for the texture and flavor of a particular dessert. But some of the things we might use might be bananas, might be applesauce. It could be using coconut oil or canola oil or even olive oil, tofu. Uh, there are many different things, many different things you can do. Almond milk, uh, soy milk, coconut milk, many options, many, many options when it comes to making vegan desserts.
1: Mm, yes, and you know, that's interesting because I've used that a lot. I've used coconut milk and almond milk, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's mm. really, you, you really wouldn't know the difference. So let's go back, though, and talk to talk about your current book, which is Vegan Eats World. Why did you write this one? Did you want people to have more of a global experience of of foods from different countries that were adapted?
0: Yeah, I mean... I've always had a big interest in ethnic cooking. I live in Queens, which is one of the most uh, ethnically diverse places in North America. Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by fantastic ethnic markets. I've been always inspired by ethnic cuisine. And after doing a big book of Latin American cuisine, and my my background is Latin American, I was really excited to take on Asian food and different kinds of Eastern European food and African food and all kinds of Middle Eastern foods. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was really excited to go ahead and, and sort of... Give a lot of these traditional recipes my own personal spin mm. yeah which is
1: wonderful let's talk about um some of the other countries let's look at some soups or some recipes from the eastern european countries uh like poland russia czechoslovakia what give us some of those because when i think of that of course that's my origin that's my heritage so for me it was cabbage soup i mean now well, was you know
0: a staple was the cabbage soup well, then I have a soup for you. Uh, one of my favorite wintertime soups, especially when it's really cold, is a sauerkraut soup of Ukrainian-Russian origin called C. And it's made with sauerkraut, which is so good for you. Fermented foods are so good for you. And if you use a really high-quality sauerkraut and mushrooms and bay leaves and a little mm. allspice and just a bunch of really good things and simmer it up. It's such a wonderful, hearty, perfect winter soup. It really takes the chill off. hmm
1: all right, let's talk about uh, Italy.
0: Go to Italy for a minute. All right. Uh, well, so one of the recipes I have on my blog right now that you can go to is a hearty, big vegetable tomato-based soup with farro. And farro is a grain that's getting very popular right now. It's a strain of wheat that's uh, that's... That's old, it's kind of an old fashioned strain, and using it in soup, like simmering the grains in soup, I prefer to pasta, because I feel like they really hold up really well, it's a whole grain, so it has a lot of fiber, it's chewy, it's flavorful, it's delicious, and the topping that feature, uh, that you can sprinkle on top is an alternative to Parmesan cheese, is made with chipsy flour. It's fun to make, it looks great, mm. and it just melts right into the soup, with this beautiful golden, uh, tangy layer that just forms on top of the soup. It's really good. Wow, that does sound good. All right, let's
1: pick another country. You pick a country this
0: time, Terry. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, uh, Sri Lanka. Um, so I have a, a good friend of mine taught me how to make all kinds of great Sri Lankan recipes, and it was quite an adventure. And one of the things I really liked is a lot of them were very easy to veganize, if not vegan already, and there's a fantastic curry that's made with whole cashews. It's whole cashews that you soak and then you simmer with... Things like, like, like tendon leaves and, and, and lemongrass and all these just wonderful things. And, and it's, it's like a hearty, rich, um, very satisfying curry. And it looks really cool. It's like these whole cashews in, in like a yummy curry sauce. Wow. Well,
1: well, you know, and it's not, and I mean, we've been talking about soups, but your book, Vegan Eats World has 300 international recipes for savoring the planet. And you have all different kinds of things, like Turkish zucchini pancakes. You have pumpkin kitty, You have uh, plantain and pumpkin curry. You have pumpkin ravioli. Uh, all kind, I mean, so gyro roll, fried green tomatoes, vanilla coconut sticky rice and mango, and Ethiopian chocolate flourless tort. So, I mean, those are... Sound delicious, and it's it's from all over the world, and it's not just soups; it's everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those are definitely spins on, uh, on. I mean, there is no traditional Ethiopian chocolate cake, but I wanted to make a flourless cake because a lot of there's a lot of popular combinations now of spicy chocolate. So I took traditional Ethiopian spices and applied it to a very rich fudge, fudgy chocolate cake that is vegan. There's no dairy in it. There's no eggs in it, uh, for sort of a new twist on on some trendy flavors right now. Right, and chocolate's fine. You can use chocolate, correct? Of course, as long as it doesn't have any dairy in it. Yeah.
1: Mhm.
0: Right. What about carob? Um, carob's kind of old fashioned and it has kind of a bad rap, mostly because uh, it was used. I mean, you can't tell people this is chocolate and give them carob. <laughs> no one, yes. I think a lot <laughs> of disappointment. I try that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I try that. Particularly with no chocolate. One, no one's ever very happy about that. Yes. I like carob. I think carob is interesting, and I think you sure can appreciate too. carob for what it is, but don't try to call it chocolate. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. So now tell me, we have a few minutes left. How can people get your book?
0: Well, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Vegan Essentials and a lot of uh, book vendors online. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what is it, give us a synopsis of what, what do you want people to get from this book that maybe weren't in your other books and you have so many other wonderful
0: cookbooks? Sure. Well, I want people to feel confident about cooking. I want them to really feel like I can make, new, exciting, interesting meals that are healthy, that are vegan. And, and, of course, this book is not just for vegans. So many people that read and cook from my books are not vegans, but are people that just want to include more meatless meals into their lives. I see. So you're what you're saying here is
1: that you don't have to be vegan or vegetarian to enjoy your cookbook. Absolutely. Right. And, and for people who are trying to wean themselves off of you know, meat-based or dairy-based diets, which can be a challenge. So they could throw, put some of these recipes in to supplement.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's the power of learning to cook for yourself.
1: Right, right.
0: Right, Terry, let's talk a little bit
1: about some of the more unusual vegetables that maybe um, you use that are wonderful that we don't think about as much. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, maybe root vegetables, like um, people when they eat yucca. Now, I know that's Cuban and it's South American, but that's a wonderful root vegetable. But there's vegetables sometimes you see in the grocery store. You don't know what they are.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, there's a lot of uh, tropical squash that I'm a fan of, like chayote and like tropical pumpkin, which are very enjoyable and savory and great roasted or thrown into soups lemongrass is becoming more popular, and it's much easier to use. And you might think you can just chop it really fine and put it in a little container and freeze it and just take it out whenever you need to. Um, And even good old-fashioned ginger, which it's funny. I get a lot of questions about how to use ginger. And that's another fantastic herb that you can just peel. You can put in like a small chunk and keep it in the freezer and take it out and chop it up as you need it. Very, uh, healthy. Very healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. What
1: about garlic? Garlic's another one. I'll tell you what I love is the garlic that's cooked. I can't eat it raw, but when it's like sauteed and cooked, I find that, I mean, I've just eaten that
0: plain. Oh, yeah. There are definitely great ways to eat lots of garlic. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can, uh, you can even just, just, just roast it whole with some olive oil on there. You can keep it in the fridge for whenever you need some roasted garlic. What are some of the,
1: um, herbs or the vegetables, Terry, what are some of the real health benefits? I mean, give it like we know ginger. Ginger is very medicinal and really can help you if you have a cold, sore throat. I mean, there has, there's a lot of detox qualities with ginger. What are some of the things that that you would suggest to us to use that are really, that have a lot of, again, antioxidants or amino acids or things we should really try
0: to incorporate into our diet? Uh, well, Turmeric is a really important one. It's been shown to have so many wonderful protective uh, antioxidants and, and some interesting research about it protecting against certain kinds of cancer. And it's very easy to use to throw into beans and soup. It turns everything a pretty golden color, and everything might look a little Indian. And it's it's wonderful. I, especially now, when in cold seasons, I find that it's, it also has kind of a protective effect as well. Um, quinoa, um, just oh, a, quinoa a is able for everyone because it cooks so fast. You can have quinoa in twenty minutes, faster than cooking brown rice. Mm-hmm. And right, it and it's not, recover. and it doesn't have gluten. Right, and it doesn't have gluten in it either. No, it's gluten-free and it has lots of protein and calcium and it is just and it comes in so many fun colors. You can have black quinoa red quinoa. Uh you can mix it up with white for kind of a confetti quinoa. That it's it's just everyone should always have that on hand as a pantry staple. Okay.
1: All right, another one. We got a couple more minutes. All right. Do you have another another, oh, another one.
0: one? Uh let's see. Um, I eat a lot of kale. I mean, it's probably almost cliché now, but uh, I always, I think I, I eat it daily and I just massage it. I just chop it up into little strips and massage it with a little lemon, a little dash of salt, a little, a little yeah. olive oil. And yeah. it's just my all-purpose uh, go-to green. My, my only question about kale
1: is sometimes it's, it's hard to chew. It can be very chewy. Is there a way to mm-hmm. make it softer or is that just the, the vegetable itself?
0: Well, uh, definitely remove the thick stem.
1: Mm-hmm. Get that out
0: of there. That's the toughest part. Take those out. And like I said, you can either massage it, like you literally just massage it with some dressing till it gets very soft and tender, or saute it, or steam it. Uh, any of those things will really help tenderize your kale.
1: Okay. What about broccoli
0: rabe, which is one of my favorites? Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I braise it with a little olive oil and garlic, a little bit of lemon, maybe some white wine if I'm feeling fancy, and it's it's great. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Good stuff.
1: I just want to tell people again about you and about your books because you have so many wonderful cookbooks. Terry Hope Romero is the author or co-author of several best-selling and award-winning cookbooks, and she has so many. The one we're talking about today that's new is Vegan Eats World, 300 International Recipes for Savoring the Planet. And then she has several other cookbooks. Um, One of them is, let's see, we have so many, Viva Vegan, Which is 200 authentic and fabulous recipes for Latin food lovers. We have vegan pie in the sky. Uh, and then we have veganomicon, which is one of the first ones and there's really a comprehensive vegan cookbook. And we have vegan cupcakes from over the world, all over the world. 75 dairy free recipes for cupcakes that really are great. So, any closing thoughts? I mean, uh, I, you know, can't wait to get out and try some of these. I don't cook a lot, but you've got me motivated now, Terry.
0: <laughs> yeah, well you can make someone make them for you. Yeah, a lot of people give cookbooks to their their, their cooking friends. Yeah, that, I just want to say that you don't have to be vegan to enjoy these recipes. And it's it's a fabulous idea for everyone to cook more and get some more vegetables into your life. So Definitely, um, yeah, give it a shot. And, and, and even if you want to go ahead and be vegan all the way, it's not really that hard. And it's, it's a process. It's a process you'll do your whole life. So go easy on yourself. All right. Thank you so much for
1: being on the program. It was, it you, was really fun. Yeah, just stay on the line for a minute, Terry. Thank you so sure. much. All right, folks. Remember, uh, we'll be on it with you next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern and you've been listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, you can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. And uh, one book before we go, uh, just tell us the website again, Terry, for your cookbook. VeganLatina.com. VeganLatina.com. All right, folks, remember, until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Bye for now.
0: Thank
1: you.